If you guys get a chance, you should uh, take a listen to um, Mina Kimes' uh, ESPN Daily Podcast. She talked with uh, Nick Friedel about the Warriors' uh, present and future. So, um, Well, I'll tell uh, you what, that, I'm, I'm listen. happy to listen to Mina, but if Friedel's involved, I'm going to have to take a pass <laughs> on that. Steph Curry, he's holding that left wrist. Oh, that is the absolute last thing in the world I think you are now. He's up. That was the sound of bad going to worse. The Golden State Warriors, one of the best teams in NBA history. Now, they're one of the worst teams in the league. It all happened so quickly, but could it be a blessing in disguise? I'm Mina Kimes. It's Wednesday, November 6th. This is ESPN Daily, presented by Indeed. Nick, you have a uniquely cinematic voice. So can you try to do a better version of this? What if I told you that the best team in the NBA would become the worst? (laughs) What if I told you the best team in the NBA would become the worst? (laughs) That really is a 30 for 30 tagline waiting to happen. Nick Friedel covers the Golden State Warriors for ESPN. Okay, Nick. I think it was last week that Draymond Green so eloquently summed up the state of the Warriors. The reality is we suck right now, and that's really the best way I can tell it to you right now. Could you say Mr. Green's diagnosis is accurate? Yes. No doubt, Mina. People all around the league, they saw that quote and they were like, wait, 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 what? You know, it's the Warriors. It's the Warriors. And the reality was... Even with a healthy Draymond and Steph, they were really bad. And for so many people for the last five years or so who had watched this team dominate for so long, there was a reality in the moment that, hey, this is not the same team that we've been watching. The coaches and some of the staff members, as people were, were warming up the takes over the summer, I mean, they were just like, what? What are people saying? I think they understood that there was going to be a lot of growing pains this year, and now all those pains have come to the forefront. Really? So during the offseason, you feel there was a gap between the public perception of this team, the belief that they would still contend, and the internal perception? No question. This was always, for the Warriors, a gap year. From the moment we go back to the finals, Kevin gets hurt, Kevin Durant, and then Clay tears his ACL, When you looked at at the way the roster was being constructed with nine guys who were 23 years old or younger, and you looked at the fact that they were hard-capped, and then they added D'Angelo Russell, and you saw the pieces that were in play, so many people on the outside went, oh, well, you know what? They still have Steph, and they still have Draymond, and Clay will be back at some point. And people internally were like, wait, 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 wait. You have Steph, who's going to have defenders all over him all the time. You've got Draymond, who has struggled at times offensively. And who knows if Clay's going to actually come back or not. So all along, there was, a, there was a big difference in what the public perception of the Warriors was this year in the moment and what people inside the organization felt like it was going to be. When do you think that reality set in? I think it was when Clay got hurt. Thompson running the floor, and a foul. And Thompson grabs his left knee, 
now writhing in pain. Mina, let's go back in, in time, and this goes back to about a year ago now when KD and Draymond got into that verbal back and forth at Staples playing the Clippers. From that moment, and even before that moment, there were a lot of people in the organization that were like, eh, Kevin's probably gone. The thing that really sent this into a different path wasn't that Kevin got hurt, uh, because sadly, the split was already pretty much done, it felt like at least. When Clay Thompson got hurt, that changed a lot of things. Because Clay get being hurt, that triggered the D'Angelo Russell move, and then you're, you're trading away Andre Godala. If Clay doesn't get hurt, maybe you keep a Godala. You don't hard cap yourself. Uh, this season, you come into the new building with both healthy Splash Brothers and Draymond. When Clay got hurt, that changed the way this season was going to be viewed. What were the expectations like for Steph Curry coming into this season? Steph heard the chatter. He, he always says <laughs> that he doesn't pay attention to the outside sources, Mina, but that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a human being. He knows what's being said. He knew that everybody thought that this was going to be an, another MVP year for him. He, he wanted to win the award. But I think Steph knew all along, you take Clay off the floor, and he's now the focal point. With Steph, he knew, as much as Kevin, uh, I think, drove people crazy sometimes within the organization, nobody doubted just how phenomenal a player he was. So Steph walking into this year, hearing that everybody's saying, oh, you know, this is your time to shine again, you're the MVP. I think he knew in the back of his mind all along, this is going to be very tough. I don't think the reality of Steph winning the award ever matched up to the expectations they had to begin with. That's interesting to hear because you're right. There was a perception or even a hope that we would get that full courier, right? Because with KD, they've had to split some of the credit as well as the time during the regular season. And the, I think, idea of Steph Unleashed was really intriguing to people. It was going to be awesome, but people, and this is going to be a recurring theme when talking about the Warriors, they were living in the past. People kept saying, oh, well, Steph is is incredible, and he can do whatever he wants. He's one of the, the very best players in the league. He's the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. But when you're getting two and three bodies thrown at you at every play, you're not going to play the same way. Nick, this is not a good basketball team. I feel comfortable saying that. And with Steph out for a few months, do you feel like the team should consider, I, I'm reluctant to use the word, but I'm going to say it, should they tank? Oh, Mina. Okay. Let's go back to the night Steph got hurt. And Curry is grimacing, holding what appears to be that left wrist. He took a serious hit there. Warriors staffers were walking around and disbelief. They just could not believe that all these different injuries came down really at the at the same time in the last six, seven games that they had played. I walked up to Joe Lacob, the Warriors owner, walking out of the Warriors locker room. I said, Joe, what do you think about the injury? And he said, hey, I, I saw it. I, I'm really sad about it, but I'm an optimist and I think that this team now has a chance to see what these younger guys can do. And I think we'll come out of this okay. And, and I said, Joe, you understand that once this injury happened, a lot of people around the league are going to ask about tanking. How do you, 
And Mina, he cut me off. And he said, what did you say? And I said, Joe, you understand that people are going to start asking about tanking. How do you? And he said, what word did you use? And I said, tanking. And Mina, it was really clear. He was trying to send a message to anybody around in the moment. And anybody wondering what the Warriors are going to do moving forward, if they're going to tank, the answer was a resounding no. He just doesn't believe in it. And this is a proud guy who just opened a billion and a half dollar arena that a lot of people are invested into for a lot of years. But all that being said, as much as I respect the, the attitude, the reality for where the Warriors are at is that's just packaging. We're not going to tank. Look at the roster. The roster isn't good. This is not a team full of NBA caliber players, frankly. So the, the takeaway for me is this is one of the biggest blessings in disguises that this could be for the Warriors. Coming up after the break, how all of these injuries could actually be a boon for the Warriors. Nick, you said these injuries could actually be beneficial long-term for the Warriors. Why? Because they have a chance now in developing younger players like Eric Paschal, who I really like, and a rookie like Jordan Poole, making a decision on D'Angelo Russell, and then getting a high draft pick because that, that pick that was included in the Brooklyn deal was 1-20 through 20 protected. Mina, the Warriors are going to have that pick. <laughs> so that pick's not going anywhere. They're going to have that pick. They're going to get a healthy Steph, a healthy Clay, a healthy Draymond back, and then they can walk into next year feeling like they have a legit chance again to contend. But in the moment, whether you call it tanking or not, uh, it is, is not as important to me as when you're looking at who's available to play on a nightly basis. And right now, aside from a few exceptions, the Warriors are really fielding a G League team uh, in the moment. Have you ever seen anything like this in the NBA to go from being the Golden State Warriors, right? Five straight NBA finals appearances, three rings to being a team that you just described as fielding a G League roster? Never in my life, Mina. I, I've never seen a team go from the heights that they've been at over these last few years to watching a group of guys who are just trying to stay in the league. And this was a team last year that a lot of people thought started the, the best single starting five of all time when you go back to DeMarcus Cousins being with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Durant. So, never. And it's so interesting to me in listening to a guy like Damian Lillard. And I talked to him about this the other day. He is the star of the Blazers. He grew up in Oakland as a Warriors fan, and he said that the Warriors have been first to do so many different things. You, you get all these stars on the same team, you win 73 games, you win all these titles. He's like, they're also the first team to go through this, to lose this many high caliber players in this short of an amount of time. And that's the craziest part to me, Mina, having watched the league for so long. It's not even like they have to start over because waiting in the wings are still Steph and Clay and Draymond when he's healthy. But it's like they've hit pause. 
and we're not used to seeing teams that are this dominant and this historically great be in a position to do that or have to do that in this case because of all these injuries. With Steph out for some time and Clay out for even more time, Draymond Green's really the only holdover, right, from peak Warriors. How do you think he's handling this and what do you think this season means to him? He cannot believe that he is the guy at the front of this situation, Mina. And we got to get better. I'm not a coach, so I'm not about to go watch a film and say, oh, well, we can build on this. I really don't give a damn about what we can build on. We suck tonight and we got to get better overall. He takes a lot of pride in the role. But that doesn't mean that he just can't believe that that he's been thrust into this moment after so many years. Question is, as much as Draymond is beloved inside the organization, do all these changes and all these injuries and all the ups and downs, does that change at all that, that they may end up moving Draymond somewhere else? I think that he has proven himself to be such a core piece of this team. But if you have a chance down the line and and somehow the Warriors can land Giannis, that probably means saying goodbye to Draymond uh, in some form or fashion. Uh, and, and that's the pipe dream. I mean, if you land Giannis on this team with, <laughs> with Steph and Clay, forget it. This is like adding KD in his prime a few years ago. But uh, Draymond loves the idea of being the teacher and being that guy who can provide such a, uh, a, a veteran eye and, and words of wisdom to younger guys. But that's easy to say in the beginning of November. It's much more difficult to maintain that level after watching losses build and frustration build for a really young team trying to find its way. I think it's safe to say that most NBA fans are enjoying this. <laughs> the uh, sudden demise of the Warriors. What do you think the perception is around the league amongst players? You mentioned Lillard, coaches, executives. How do they regard the Warriors' fall from grace? I think they're enjoying it just as much, uh, if not more, than the fans, <laughs> Mina. It's like for all the karma, the good karma that the Warriors have used over the years, now they're getting a taste of what NBA reality is like for all the rest of these teams. You don't go out and win 60-plus games, 73 games as they did a few seasons ago. You don't have that kind of high level of success over and over and over like they did. Now they have to adjust. But in talking to, to players and, and people from, from other organizations, I think they're sitting there going, yep, okay, Warriors, your time is up, uh, and now you get to live like the rest of us. Nick? Despite all of this, the injuries, the struggles, the roster, do you think this team could still sneak into the playoffs? No. <laughs> Hell no. Hell <laughs> <Wow>. no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mina, anybody who tries to, to sell you on that, I, 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 just, just go sit down and have a drink with them and, and talk to them about something else. This team is not good enough right now. Even if this team played hard, I still don't think they could win that many games just because the talent isn't there. So no, 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 no. This team is not going to the playoffs this season. Are players sort of sensitive to the perception of the team right now? No. And I say that because I don't believe that there's anything else that they could do. This happens in the NBA. Injuries happen. It's part of the league. The organization 
in the success that it's had over the last few years and writes them off completely, I don't think that's the move either. And this is a, a team full of guys who really believe that not only is talent going to win out, but the culture they've created will help push them forward in the future and, and help make them a better team. And they are going to come in next year loving the idea of we're the underdogs again. There are people out there who don't believe that we can do it. And in the moment, behind the scenes, man, I think you're going to see a lot of Steph and Clay and Draymond as the, the those older father figures who are just trying to keep the spirits up of these younger guys who are going to take these losses in the moment, but maybe they'll be better off for it uh, down the line. Thanks, Nick. Enjoyed it. You can watch the Warriors take on the Rockets tonight on ESPN. I'll be back with one more story. That was a story you needed to know. Now here's one I want you to know. It's been a big week for the Chargers. After Los Angeles trounced Green Bay on Sunday, The Athletic's Vincent Bonsignor reported that the team was considering a move to London, in part because they haven't built a big fan base here in L.A., which seems unfair. I live in L.A., and there are Chargers fans here. I know both of them. In any case, owner Dean Spanos did not take kindly to the report, and he had this to say to reporters. It's total Okay. We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we're planning to be. The team also tweeted a video of Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street, the off-meme scene where he tells the staff he is not leaving. It was the most iconic moment in the Chargers' internet history since 2007, when the account was run by a guy who used to tweet things like, quote, DVR The Apprentice, and more notably, quote, so hungry, need to find my wife and head to P.F. Chang's. By the way, if you don't know this story, look it up. Now, I am extremely here for this new era of team accounts being spicy online, but it does come with a level of risk. Who could forget how, back in February, after there were rumors that the Arizona Cardinals planned to trade quarterback Josh Rosen, they tweeted, Josh is our guy. Two months later, they traded Josh Rosen. Now, I'm not convinced the Chargers are leaving Los Angeles anytime soon. They obviously want to move into their new stadium here. And while California has 33 P.F. Changs, London has just one. I checked. But as fans of the Raiders, the Rams, and a bunch of other teams that have moved could tell you, things change quickly in football. But the internet never forgets. I'm Mina Kimes, and this has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.